0: Hi, I'm Wright Anderson. One of the pitfalls that Christians can fall into in softening the biblical text or even ignoring it altogether so as not to offend is they unwittingly undermine the authority of the Bible in other areas. We don't have to allegorize, allegorize the Bible away, which may make us squirm upon false first reading. All it means is that in our study of the Bible, we have not asked enough questions of the text and thoroughly examined the hist- historical context in which they are recorded. The problem is always with us and not the Bible, not God's word. We are at times guilty of being charged of being surface readers or reading with one hand over our eye, particularly when the the events of the Bible are presented in such a way that they reflect badly on God's character. That is our fault and not biblical errancy. Let me share a couple of vital truths with you. First, in the area of science, as true science presents real discoveries in the various disciplines of microbiology, cosmology and biochemistry, botany and immunology, etc., they never challenge or contradict the Bible. They harmonize with the biblical account. That is a fact. Secondly, when it comes to the archaeology, ancient discoveries in the Bible lands, artefacts and significant sites, they never contradict the biblical record. On the contrary, they authenticate the Bible's status as a reliable teller of history. When we study the biblical prophecies, allowing the Bible to interpret itself, again, there are no wild, unbalanced interpretation when approached aright rather a considered explanation proving prophecies, divine authorship. The same can be said for biblical doctrine. While on first glance, each teaching may appear separate and distinct, but upon closer investigation, it will be seen that each one is connected to the other in a beautiful picture of symmetry that harmonizes with the loving, merciful nature of God. However, It is when professors of religion, theologians, priests, ministers and pastors attempt to place their own bias upon the text to retain the friendship of evolutionists, materialists or libertines, that problems arise and they inadvertently walk themselves into a pit that is of their own making. Let's begin with just one example and it happens to be in the opening chapter of Genesis. Here in the Bible, Moses, inspired by God, says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in six literal days, and then God rested on the seventh day. Some people look at our world and question, how could it be possible? And they doubt it. And as Pope John Paul II said on one occasion when asked about the legitimacy of creation narrative in Genesis, simply stated that science was the better explanation he was referring to evolution well no it doesn't the question the christians have to ask themselves is god powerful enough to do what he said he did And if he's not, then how can you with all good conscience worship him, give homage to him? Further, if God is not powerful enough to create the world in six literal days, then why are you wasting your time in praying to him? If you believe that God is omniscient, omnipresent and omnipotent, then by that definition alone, God is able to create the world in six literal days. In fact, the Bible in Genesis 1 says that God spoke and And it was done. No sooner had God given the command than it appeared. On day one, the Bible says God created the light. And some have struggled with this considering that the sun does not come into existence until day four. But the Bible makes it clear that God dwells in unapproachable light, and so the source of light was from God Himself. Furthermore, God intended that Genesis chapter 1 was to be taken literally, because a 24 hour day is measured by the sun during the day and the moon at night, so to speak. And it makes good sense when we look at the rest of Genesis chapter 1, because we are told that God made the vegetation on day 3, but He did not make the sun until day four we understand that vegetation cannot survive without sunlight in school we learnt the importance of photosynthesis and chlorophyll and if in genesis chapter one these days were elongated periods of time that is millions of years no vegetation would have survived furthermore on day six the Bible says that God created the insects. Much of our flora is dependent upon the pollination and cross-pollination by insects. Again, if the days in Genesis chapter 1 were millions of years, neither the plant nor the insect would have survived. Therefore from just a a superficial cursory reading of the text, we see that the days in Genesis chapter 1 had to be 24-hour time periods. That means, of course, the seventh day was also a 24-hour period of time. And this is attested to in Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. But when Christians try to extend these days to millions of years, or worse still, they set aside the biblical account and adopt a pseudo-creation story where God got things started but left the rest to run their own course, and in a pitiful attempt to justify Darwinist evolutionary theory with the big bang, then they dig themselves into a pit for themselves which they are bound to fall in themselves. Think about this. If Christians adopt the evolutionary progression of human development, then at what stage did man, stage did man become a human? At what point in the in time were we made in the image of God? How did sin come into the world? How can you explain consciousness? At what point on the evolutionary time frame did that kick in? How do you explain the origins of evil? Because if you allegorize away Genesis chapters 1 to 3, then you have to allegorize away the creation of man in the image of God, the creating of Eve from Adam's rib, and the fall of mankind, the prophecy against Satan, and the first prophecy of the promised Messiah. All that must go. This is the trap that Christians set themselves up for when they do away with the literal reading of the opening chapters of Genesis. That is why if we stick to the Bible, we do not have to be embarrassed because it makes good sense and clearly explains why our world is as it is, which is unexplainable when Christians embrace the big bang or the D's position. If you go to YouTube, Type in my name. The title is, Is Genesis 1 Trustworthy? I have a fuller presentation on this subject and amazing evidence that God is the creator. Furthermore, I want to assist you in understanding of the Bible. And to that end, I want you to have a 25-part series of Bible reading guides called The Orchard Faith of Jesus Studies, which will see you come to grips with the most important truths of the Bible in a very short time. And all you have to do to receive them is send me an email with your name, Postal address and phone number two, info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au. That is info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au or go to our website, theorchardmelbourne.org.au and go to the tab mark, contact us, follow the prompts and we will send them out to you ASAP. Well, our time has run out for now, but I look forward to being with you next time. Remember, the truth has nothing to fear from investigation. I'm Rod Anderson. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Unchained. We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson. That was Creation by Sharalee Beard. And coming up next, we have a song by Sandra Enterman, All of Me.
1: cry take my life and make it yours Lord fill me with your love you are all I need I surrender